Someone once said, If you want to become financially wealthy, give the people what they want. If you don't have a product to sell, then tell the people what they want to hear. And if you're an unscrupulous person, that formula can be devastatingly dangerous. This is Between the Lines of the Book of Mormon, and we're your hosts. I'm Jay Harris. And I am Andrew Harris. And we're glad that you would join us today. Today we're going to discuss a very, very fascinating character in the Book of Mormon. Several years before Alma the Younger became the first chief judge over the people of Nephi, there was a Nephite preacher who began teaching a very popular doctrine. This man's name was Nehor. Yeah, so Nehor went around telling people what they wanted to hear, basically. (laughs) He told people that all mankind would be saved in the last day. This was an appealing message. Let's just go through and imagine what he said. He said to the people as they would gather to hear him preach, he would say, you don't have to worry. You don't have to be sad or downhearted. You need not fear or tremble. But you can lift up your hearts and rejoice, for God is our creator, and he loves all men, and he will redeem all men, and in the end, all men shall have eternal life. Yeah. Now, why was that message so appealing to the people? Well, it's not all that far off from the truth. I think that's why (laughs) it was so popular. I think you're right. I do believe that Our Father in Heaven is our Father, and He loves us all as His children, and He wants all of us to be able to return and and live with Him again. And Nehor's message was not, there isn't a God. No. He said, there is a God. He's a loving God, and He will save all men, and you can worship God, and also you don't have to worry about the way you're living. You don't have to worry about your lifestyle. It's okay. God will forgive you. Yeah, there's nothing to fear. That's comforting. That That's a positive message that a lot of people would love to hear. And as you say, it's almost true. Yeah, it's not true. In fact, it's not the doctrine of God. It sounds like very much like what uh, Satan promised us. <laughs> that's right. He said, you know, don't worry about anything. There's nothing to fear. I'll make sure that everyone gets saved and we'll, I'll make sure every one of you comes back and gets to live with God again. And we thought, that seems kind of tempting. You know, a lot of people fell for it. There were a third of the hosts of heaven who believed that they were going to be saved by Satan and no one would be lost. Nehor preached the same message, that you don't have to worry about your sins. You'll be forgiven and everyone will eventually be saved by God. Yeah, this doctrine of Nehor, it probably started in the pre-existence with Satan. Nehor taught it, but it's a doctrine that we still see around today. How was this message received by the people in Nehor's time? It was very popular. People were willing to pay big money to hear what they wanted to hear. Nehor discovered, wait, this is a good way to go. And for the first time recorded in the Book of Mormon, there was priestcraft. That's preaching for the purpose of getting rich. And Nehor was the first to do that. Yeah. He began to dress differently. He started to wear all kinds of fancy clothing. And he also established a church, the Church of Nehor. And branches of that church spread throughout the land, both among the Nephites and also among the Lamanites. 
Nehor had all of this success. You think about he had fame, he had fortune, he had fancy clothes, he had this huge following of people. He had everything going in his life that was wonderful and happy. There was only one person who could destroy Nehor's success, and that was himself. And that's what he did. He ended up throwing it all away. One evening, as Nehor was preparing to make his popular message to an eagerly awaiting crowd, an elderly gentleman approached him. This was no ordinary encounter. This was Gideon, a leader in the Church of God and a long-time national hero. Gideon was the same one from uh, earlier in the Book of Mormon where he had helped to deliver the people of Limhi from their bondage. But Gideon came along and said, You know what? I don't like what you're doing here. And he started to argue with him. An argument, a clash of words, and a loss of temper ensued, and in his anger Nehor drew his sword and struck Gideon several times. No match for the younger Nehor, Gideon succumbed to the blows, and soon thereafter he died. When you think about it, if you have the attitude that there's nothing that is going to prevent you from making it to heaven, then there's no purpose in keeping the commandments. And when there's no purpose in keeping commandments, what is it to murder someone? That's right. So he decided, I'm just going to kill this guy. And he did. What a mistake. Yeah. The people of the church took Nehor to the chief judge, Alma the Younger. Nehor, the wonderful orator that he was, was able to give a beautiful defense of himself. But Alma was wise enough to realize that Nehor had committed a crime, a crime worthy of death. Nehor was convicted, sentenced to death, taken to the top of a hill, and then by some unrecorded method was put to death. Yeah. And that seems like it would be the end of it. I mean, Nehor was a bad guy. He's killed. It's over. It's over. But was it really? <laughs> it's not over. Yeah, it was really just getting started, in fact, because his story would continue on throughout the Book of Mormon. It's amazing the influence that a single ambitious individual can have on an entire nation. This is true for both good and evil. Nehor's evil influence would be felt for generations after his demise. It is almost as if there were, at this point, two churches. There were those who wanted to be faithful and were struggling to try to keep the commandments, and then there were those who joined this church of Nehor. Their names were blotted out, but they didn't care. They worshipped God in their own way, which was to worship God but not keep any of the commandments or worry about doing anything that they should. In Alma chapter 14, 14 years after Alma had been made chief judge, he was now a missionary. At one point, he attempted to teach the people of a city called Ammonihah. He called a man by the name of Amulek to be his companion, and the two of them went to preach to the people. It wasn't long before the people captured Alma and Amulek and then took them before the judge over the land of Ammonihah. Guess what church the judge over Ammonihah belonged to? It says in Alma 14.16, This judge was after the order and faith of Nehor, who slew Gideon. Can you imagine? This biased judge was to judge over Alma and Amulek. Do you think he remembered who Alma was? Yeah, probably. I mean, it wasn't that long afterwards. No, 14 years later, he realized that this Alma, who is now being tried in his court, was the same Alma who had years before 
executed the leader of his religion. Was there any possibility of him being fair in that trial? If there's no sin, why be honest? That's right. The judge then sentenced Alma and Amulek to years in prison. Alma and Amulek were then visited by an array of lawyers and judges and priests and teachers. <laughs> but guess what? All of these crooked professionals were, quote, of the order of Nehor. <laughs> That's in Alma 14.18. They were brutally, this is Alma and Amulek, were brutally beaten and ruthlessly mocked by these people. Another yeah. example of Nehor's long-reaching influence is demonstrated in the experiences of Aaron. If you remember, yeah. Aaron went to the Lamanites to try to convert them to the church and to bring them back into faithfulness. Aaron went to the city of Jerusalem. This was in Lamanite territory, mm -hmm. but the Lamanites had combined with the Amalekites and the Amulonites to build this large city. And the Amulonites and the Amalekites were members of the church of Nehor. Yeah, in fact, they calls them the order of the Nehors. They started to go by, we're the Nehors, you know. Like, by we're the Nehors, yeah. People say Mormons. <laughs> they were the Nehors. <laughs> Nehors. This is in Alma 21.4, and it says, And he began to preach to them in their synagogues, for they had built synagogues after the order of the Nehors. Yeah. Were they receptive to Aaron's message? No. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really sad. It's a really popular religion now at this point. It was. It had spread all over the land. True, they wanted religion. They expressed that, but they didn't want the guilt that went along with Aaron's religion. They were quite content with the guiltless lifestyle that Nehor had taught. They responded to Aaron by saying, Behold, are not this people as good as thy people? We do assemble ourselves together to worship God. We do believe that God will save all men. Yeah. You know, these Amalekites and Amulonites were wicked people. When the anti-Nephi-Lehi's ended up joining the church, the people of Ammon, it was the Amalekites and the Amulonites who slaughtered this people in huge numbers. They just went through and killed so many of these people. Yeah. Again, believing there was no consequence for how they lived. Yeah. If everyone's going to be saved, you might as well just kill all those people and let them go to their salvation. It's awful, but yeah. that's I, I think they just were so twisted that they took something that, again, it started out, I think, with a, a bit of truth and the love of God and turned it into wickedness and evil acts. Yeah. And how long did the teachings of Nehor last and influence Nephite society? We're not told. We don't know how long this went on. We know the Amalekites and Amulonites went on for years. So probably this religion continued on for many, many generations. Now, let's relate that to things that we have in our society today. There are a lot of people who are willing to gain a lot of influence and popularity by teaching things that people want to hear. People in a similar fashion are willing to part with their hard-earned cash just to hear a soothing message of universal redemption and absolute freedom from responsibility. Now, do we believe in the atonement of Christ? Definitely. Is it essential to our salvation? Yes, it's, it's essential to our salvation. It's the only way we can be saved. Do we believe that we can be saved without Christ? No, we are saved by the grace of, of Christ and 
and our works are not what save us. Then is it possible for all men to come unto Christ and be saved? It is possible for all men to come unto Christ and be saved. But is that going to happen? It's up to it's up to us. <laughs> as individuals. But as we look over the history of the world and the wickedness that pervades this world, do we believe in universal exaltation? I would say no. No, we can't. That is that is Satan's plan. That was his yeah. idea of universal salvation for all men. You don't have to do it. I'll take care of it, and I'll force you all to uh, keep the commandments, and everyone will be saved. Yeah. We don't believe in that. We believe that we are responsible for the way that we live. We can't achieve exaltation without the atonement of Christ. Yeah. But on the other hand, we can't receive exaltation without making some effort on our own. Christ, as much as he loves us, and we all are offered that gift of mercy and grace, but he won't force anyone to do anything. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to is what we're willing to do and what we would, what we'd like to, to have help in. You know, if we don't want to change, then he's not going to force us to change. But if we want to change, if we want to repent and we want to accept the atonement and move forward, then he'll help us to do that. Although the atonement of Christ guarantees the resurrection of all humankind, we also recognize the importance of keeping God's commandments. Jesus spent much of his earthly life outlining those commandments for us. And then he said in John chapter 14, verse 15, If you love me, keep my commandments. We can show our appreciation and love for Jesus Christ by keeping his commandments and striving daily to apply Christ's merciful atonement to each of our lives. Thanks for listening. We really enjoy these podcasts and the opportunity to discuss the Book of Mormon and hope you find them enjoyable too. Next time, we'll talk about one of my very favorite characters in the Book of Mormon, a man by the name of Zeezrom. Until then, enjoy your reading.